Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for listening. This episode started out with just a conversation on a Saturday morning and ended up being one of the most inspirational conversations I've ever had. I really hope you enjoy this episode with the most famous Marilyn Monroe author in the world, Michelle Morgan. Please enjoy and I hope it inspires you as much as it inspired me. My guest today, we have planned to do this podcast for, I don't know, probably about six months on and off and we'll go yeah next week next Tuesday next Thursday oh uh, but do you know how we decided to do it with about half an hour's notice on a Saturday morning here we are on Saturday morning we're still in our pajamas we've got up we're having a lazy day I look like baby Jane and my guest said she looks like baby Jane's grandmother so I don't think that's true I really don't think that's true my guest is the amazing Michelle Morgan the number one author on Marilyn Monroe historian author an all-round brilliant person now I'll be honest with you I'm a little bit fangirling now if you follow my career you'll know that Michelle's a friend of mine I've known Michelle for years and years and years I've been to her house stayed with her family her dog God rest her soul, ate my Ugg boots all those years ago. And we are really close, but I still go, oh my God, my friend's Michelle Morgan. Right. And that's really weird. So I'm going to introduce you, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining me. Is that weird to you that I fangirl? It is. It's really bizarre. Well, it just makes me laugh more than anything. But it is weird because there's part of you I know as Michelle, like my friend, and we've been really close. We've had some really deep conversations. You've been with me through terrible moments of my life and great moments of my life. But then there's this other side of you that I've seen grow. And now you're like this internationally recognized, you know, and like really like so respected in the community of Marilyn for like the go-to of authors. And I've seen, you you know, the, the books grow and from the first one Marilyn's addresses to next year. And I cannot contain my excitement. <laughs> thank, thank you uh, for my little text message coming through there. Um, I cannot contain my excitement about next year. And Marilyn meets the Queen. And for anyone listening, please don't feel offended when I say this. I'm like thinking, if the Queen passed away, you're probably going to think, Susie, don't go down this road. But you know, like, because like, we're worried about her lately. She's not been turning up to, she didn't even go to the, you know, Remembrance Day, which made us all panic. I thought if we did lose the Queen next year, this book would have been, oh, this sounds real. I'm going down a bad road here, aren't I? Like perfect timing. But because this book, Michelle, you wanted to make this book all these years ago and you were really upset that you couldn't and you're like finally I've got this book and it's being made and it's coming at a time where I don't know I think it's well I don't want to say great timing if the queen but it's it, you know what I mean <laughs> am, I, am I digging myself a hole here Michelle should you talk okay you just talk <laughs> yeah yeah uh, I, no I I know what you mean but I mean I absolutely love the queen and I'll be heartbroken um you know when she eventually does pass which hopefully won't be for many years yet um but yeah I've wanted to write this book for 30 years well since 1991 or slash 92 in fact last year when I was researching this book um I came across a newspaper article from 1992 um talking about you know does anybody know any um Marilyn people who knew Marilyn and um you know because I want to write a book about her and that was like in 1992 so by the time it's published I will have been um wanting to have written it for 30 years three decades which is madness 
It is mad when you think of that because I put up a meme the other week saying 1991. Like if you say 30 years ago, you think of the 70s mm. and yet 1991 was 30 years ago. And I still can't really get my head around that no. because I can't either because like I'm, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm 51 now, but so which means I was born in 1970. But it's true when people say about 30 years ago, I always think of the 70s. And if someone says <laughs> 50 years ago, I always think of the 50s. Um, I don't know where the time's going. It's quite scary, really. And it is. And yet here we are all these years later. And next year, 2022, will be another book about Marilyn Monroe, who died in 1962, which wasn't, you know, 30 years ago. It was years and years and years ago. And yet she still remains so desirable for knowledge on her. And this has never been tapped into the whole uh, England trip. It's always been just like touched on but biographies, a couple of, not even probably a chapter. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like such a, they skate past it. Prince and the Showgirl, she didn't like being in England. On to the next thing. Whereas no one's really gone in depth, which is going to be so exciting about this book. But it was, I've got to tell you yesterday, a bit of gossip. I was doing an advert for Hollywood Bowl. I probably can't say this, but you know what? This is what you come to my podcast for because I have no filter. <laughs> I was doing this advert for Hollywood Bowl, um, not the one in Hollywood, but um, it's a bowling centre, not so glamorous. Um, well, they are glamorous, but it's not the Hollywood Bowl in LA. And uh, it's the Hollywood Bowl bowling centres. And they have Marilyn Monroe all over their centres. And I'm like kind of the face of them. I do all their promo. And uh, we were doing a video yesterday for their new big, big centre, interactive centre. We had different actors and uh, they said, oh, we've, we've taken out Audrey Hepburn. And I was like, oh, they said, yeah, most people don't really know who she is anymore. And I said, isn't that frightening? And they said, yeah, so we're going to take Audrey Hepburn out and we're replacing her. I can't remember who they're replacing her with, some modern celebrity. But they said, but Marilyn is still the most recognized. She still is recognized with youngsters. And so it's a good, you know, a good celebrity. Do you find when you're going to, and then we talk about how you become an author, but do you find that when you're, um, doing a book proposal, you never worry, is Marilyn Monroe still relevant nowadays? Do you ever worry about that? Uh, no, I don't. And the th Yeah, the thing is, everybody seems to know who she is. I mean, I've done school talks, you know, to junior school kids and, and infant school kids too at times. And I've said, you know, hands up everybody who knows Marilyn Monroe. And they all put their hands up because she, you know, she's still everywhere. She's, she's still recognised. And certainly, um, my daughter, she's coming up for 18 now, but, um, you know, she's a big Marilyn fan now. And, 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 you know, I mean, you could say that she's just been, she's been raised on her, but she knows so much. And so, so does, um, her generation, it seems to me. So yeah, she's everywhere. And I don't ever wonder that I'll, I'll propose something and, um, nobody will know who she is but I have had that happen to me um I wanted to do a book about Clara Bow and I my agent really loved it and he sent it to you know many different editors and there was one editor in particular who really really wanted to do the book but when he took it to his marketing and sales and publicity people none of them had ever heard of her and nobody thought that she was relevant anymore so I never did get to do that book which was heartbreaking for me on two levels, one, because I wanted to do the book, but also because I thought it was just so sad that nobody had heard of Clara Bow in their offices. Um, but, you know, that that can't be the same for Marilyn. I think if I encountered somebody who didn't know who Marilyn was, I'd, I'd be very suspicious. I, I, I don't think I've ever met anybody who's who doesn't know 
who Marilyn is. So why do you think that is? As an author, as someone who's researched Marilyn, why is Hollywood Bowl taking out, they're probably going to kill me for saying this, you know, we're well, not taking her out, but yeah, taking her out. Why do you think they're taking out Audrey Hepburn? But what is it about Marilyn? People ask me this question. You're probably bored of answering this question. But as an author, what is it about Marilyn that's kept her, the, the fact that people are pre-ordering your book? Mm-hmm. And what is it about her? Well, I think that with, with Marilyn, she's many different things to many different people. Um, some people love her movies. Other people love the whole mystery surrounding her death, which isn't something that I love at all. Um, many people love the mystery of her life and or the way that she inspired people or, or you know, fought against the system and all that kind of thing. She was very modern. I think that's a, a big a big thing with it that, you know, you could pick mm-hmm. her up from the 1950s and, and plop her down here and she wouldn't look out of place. So she, she was, you know, a very, um, she's, it, it's, it sounds silly probably, but it, she's a very sort of modern vintage girl. Um, uh, so I think that has a lot to do with it. And, you know, people see her in many different ways. And so I think that that's a way of keeping her alive, but, but really, I don't know. It, maybe it's it's one of the mysteries of the world as to how she's still recognised. But the only thing I can think of is that it's because everyone likes you know different parts of her, or or that you know they they like her picture maybe, or they they just want to have a poster on the wall. I just I don't know. But it, it's that that's that's it's quite a, an interesting thing to think about. I agree. I think there's so many sides to her. She's many things to many people. And if that's, if that's what she is, she'll, she'll last because you have to be many things to many people. So why Marilyn? Why did you become the, well, how, well, why? (laughs) You don't know why. How did you become the world's most famous Marilyn Monroe author? Um, you've only got, 10 minutes I'm joking. <laughs> you've, you've, uh, to tell me what 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 and tell the tell the listeners because some people won't know how did you go from Marilyn's addresses how did that come about to next year Marilyn and the Queen try and do that in two sentences Michelle good luck <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay well um I became a fan in 1985 when I was 15 and then by 1991 I really wanted to join a fan club of her but I couldn't find one that was in um, England so me being me I just decided oh I'm just gonna um, start one myself so I started a Marilyn club in 1991 called the Marilyn Live Society and one of my members was a publisher and he he uh, published the James Haspiel book um, a little bit later on. And um, I spoke to him because I had done this little self-published book, the Marilyn Monroe Address book, purely because when I went to Los Angeles in 1992, I didn't see many Marilyn places because stupidly I didn't write down <laughs> many of the addresses. So I saw the main ones, but there were so many others I didn't see. So I did this little self-published booklet just for the members of my club, really, about all the different addresses that she that she had, um, different places that she worked and lived and all that. And the publisher, who was a member of my club, wrote me a letter and said, you know, this is really good. Um, I, if, if I could publish it, I think that it would be a success. And I was like, oh, my God, it was just really as easy as that. So he published it and and it, it was a success. It was, you know, it gave me, a, me and my um, then fiance, now husband, a nice trip to America so that I could see all of Marilyn's wow. places again. And, um, but yeah, so it was quite successful. Um, but 
after that, the thing was, because that was so um, easy to get that book published, it was it was a curse, really, because I thought that all books were that easy to get published. And of mm. course, that's absolutely not true. So that was published in 1995. And I never had um, another book out until 2007, which was Mar- the hardback of Marilyn Monroe, Private and Undisclosed. And what happened there was that um, I'd wanted to write a, a, an updated version of Marilyn's Addresses, but an agent said to me at the time why don't you just write a big biography of her and at first I was like I could never do that that's crazy but then I started researching it and I had I had my daughter in 2003 the end of 2003 and I continued to research it and then I got in touch with um, another agent and he really liked the idea and he decided that you know he would take it on and try and sell it and he said to me it'll be a hard sell because I don't know you know, if there's many publishers who would want it. Anyway, um, Constable and Robinson picked it up. And that was a brilliant thing for me, because now they're, they're now part of Little Brown, and they're still one of my publishers today. And they're the publisher who are doing When Marilyn Met the Queen. So it's sort of come in a circle. Um, But that that book, the hardcover was brilliant success. It was in the the Times and you know the Times Magazine. They did a huge. I remember it coming out. Yeah, it was really really exciting for me. Um, And then they decided they wanted to do a paperback, so I revised it and added oh almost I think it was almost half as many words again to that book, and um, that became a bestseller, and it got to number seventeen or number sixteen. I can't remember which, but in the WH Smith chart, which was absolutely amazing. And that was a turning point because after that, my publisher trusted that I could write a a book that would sell and trusted that I could write a book that was well-researched. So they asked me to do um, Hollywood scandals. And so from there came uh, my Thelma Todd book, my Carol Lombard book, and then I, I I just don't know what's happened in the last five years. I mean, in 2016, I was counting up, as sad as it may be, I was counting up how many books I'd had out by 2016, so five years ago, and it was like seven. And now I I don't actually know how many, by the end of next year, I don't know how many books I'll have had out, but it's something like 24 or 25, something like that. I think this is such an inspiring story. I really, I, I really do. For anybody that's listening to this and thought, well, it doesn't necessarily have to be about Marilyn, but just thinking, I'd love to write a book one day. I don't know if I can, or and to to see how you said to yourself, oh, I'm not sure if I could write a book, and here you are. You don't know how many books you've had published. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I mean, they're, they're all. I'm, I'm in my study at the moment, and they're all sitting in front of me. Um, all of the ones that I've I've had so far, and there are quite a few but I've got quite a few coming out next year because I've got um, some lovely little projects that I've been working on this year I haven't stopped working for the entire year thank thank goodness I'm so grateful of it so yeah I'm just sort of sitting here going gosh where are they all going to go on these shelves I'm going to have to do some moving around but I think the thing with me is that I just I just didn't give up because I wanted to be a writer I was stuck in a dead-end job an office job which I hated and I was there from uh, 1987 and finally left in 2004 and um, the, the thing with me was that I didn't want to leave to go into another office job I wanted to leave to become a writer and and do whatever I wanted to do so I was just too bloody minded to give up and I just carried on 
And I've had so much rejection. That's the thing that so many people need to know. If you, you know, if you want a career in writing or in any kind of creative mm-hmm. thing, you get so much rejection. It's and sometimes it can be brutal, but you either give up and just carry on with doing a job that you don't like, or you just carry on and, and hope that one day that you're the, the person who, who it will happen for. All it takes is one little, little break. And, and and it will happen and and that's what I've done and you know in the last five years I was very lucky at the end of 2016 um, a publisher in America running press she an editor there she contacted me and said we think that you'd be really great to write a book about Marilyn um, and the seven-year itch and how she's inspired people then and how she inspired people now and would you like to do it and that was a huge turning point because I did that book. It was called The Girl. And I really loved doing that book. But through that came a lovely relationship with Running Press. And I I work for them now a a lot. I do a lot of projects for them. So Mm. all it takes is just one email, just one person querying whether or not you'd be interested in talking to them about a particular project. And then from there comes a, a whole heap of of loveliness, um, which I've experienced in the last five years. I've been I've been very very lucky, but I've also been bloody minded and, and yeah, stubborn. I think, yeah, I think that's really important that you've hit on that about the rejection because people don't see they see the cake, they don't see the cake being made. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? We go to a restaurant, we're like, oh, that looks lovely, lovely that cake. We don't see what 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 went into it, yeah. right? And I think people who don't know you, I, I only know a squidgy and I actually know you, even though I fangirl, I've seen a squidgy of the times that you've felt like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Do you know what I yeah. mean? It's just, and people don't see that. They see, oh, I've been rejected, then I'm a failure. Yeah. And it's so important that, and like you say, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. It doesn't matter what profession you're in. You will experience times where someone tells you you're not good enough mm-hmm. or I don't want you. And instead of going, oh, I'm not good at this, I'm going to give up, you didn't. And like you, you call it bloody mindedness, but it's also belief in yourself, Michelle. And you really believed in yourself. You like, you knew you could do this, even at times if someone said you couldn't. And that ties into Marilyn, which I love that you write about Marilyn, you've become successful because Marilyn had that same thing. She felt, um, wasn't, she wasn't good enough as an actress, but she said, I want to be the most famous woman in the world I want to be an actress Mm -hmm. and she was thrown out and rejected and lost her contracts but she didn't give up she carried on yeah now she's the most famous woman in the world and that ties in with you someone saying don't you know if you could do this all and then suddenly someone's like no Michelle I believe in you yeah and here we are now not knowing how many books you've had published (laughs) that is that is an advert for really even when someone says I don't believe in you to believe in yourself I I, I just yeah I think that that's really important to have self-belief um and the the same goes with my novel as well I wrote a novel um called The Webs We Weave and and I I had an agent for it but then he decided it, it wasn't sellable that he couldn't um sell it he wanted to drop it and so I I stepped away from that agency and said, well, I believe in this book and I, I think that it, it could be, you know, it could be something. And so I stepped away and sent it to an independent publisher. And within a week, 
it, it had been picked up and within a year it had sold something like 30,000 copies or something. So um, that's another example of, you know, if you really believe in something and you think that um, it, it's absolutely worth pers- persevering with, then you really need to do it. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. if I had just believed that, you know, that it was unsellable, I would have put it in a drawer and never done anything with it. And, and that would have been wrong because now I've had two novels published and you know I've been really happy with both of them and that would never have happened had I believed the person who said that they didn't think that it could sell yeah and it took 30 years listeners it took 30 years for Michelle to get this Marilyn in England is Marilyn the Queen but Marilyn's trip to England published Mm -hmm. so don't give up 30 years if I said to you you know that idea you've got it's a great idea but it won't come to fruition in 30 years you'd be tempted to give up but Michelle you never gave up and here we are and it's great timing like really I mean I'm not saying it's great time if the queen dies I know you're going to write me and go that's horrible <laughs> I love the queen we just say like I feel like my gran will die when she, I feel like she's like the mother ship you know yeah. like, really I can't I can't even comprehend it but it was just when she was getting ill I was thinking oh no <laughs> it would just, and we've had this you know Marilyn meets the queen and um she might <laughs> literally again you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> It's a weird way of putting it, but but thirty years, and like I want to do this podcast episode, just say how you become an author. But it's a really inspiring story because there is such a lot of, um, especially since COVID, people losing their jobs mm-hmm. or, or, or or just feeling like, where do I belong? Where do I fit? Where what, what can I do? I have this dream, but that's been shattered. I, I want to do this, but I can't. And to listen to your story. Just like that one book took 30 years. I mean, that's the the weird thing about the whole, this whole book, because as you say, it took 30 years. And the the year that it finally came true, that I finally got a contract for it, was 2020, when the whole world just was upended. And I I remember, because my my editor, who I've worked with for a long, long time, and he, he said to me, do you have any ideas for books? Because... I'm still taking ideas. I don't know. Nobody knows what's happening in the industry. I don't know if any of them will be a goer, but I can gladly take them forward to the different meetings that we're having on Zoom and all that. And so I I just said, what about Marilyn in England? And never expected him to say yes, because I'd always been hit by no in the past, always. And um I, so I said, yes, what about Marilyn in England? And he said, well, I think that's a great, great idea. Write a proposal for it. So I did. And he took it to the marketing meetings and the publicity meetings and editorial meetings and all that. And it was like hurdles. You know, he, he would message me and say, well, we got past the editorial meeting. They really liked it. Now I have to take it to marketing. You know, don't don't get your hopes up because it may fall. And I was just like, OK. And I really I was excited, but I I wasn't excited at the same time because you know, I'd been in this place before with other books and it never gone, come to anything. And then one day I, I was um, sitting like, you know, had, had, I, I, I said to myself, I'm not going to get out all my Marilyn research until I've, I've heard from him. And it was late summer 2020 and he, he messaged me and he said, yeah, it's a goer. He says, I took wow. it to the publicity people and the marketing people. They all absolutely loved it. They all were on side. And I was just like, oh, my God. So um told Richard, my husband, who's who was sitting in the next room working from home and he was just ecstatic and we were just like, you know, jumping around the room because it was just such an amazing thing to happen, first of all. But in that circumstance, in you know, in 
2020 when everything had gone crazy it was just amazing and I have to say I I really think that working on this book completely saved my sanity in many ways because I could escape every single day I could escape from this whole covid world and go to 1956 and I was completely immersed in it like I was reading the newspapers I'm you know I've got a subscription to the newspaper archive so I was constantly reading the 1956 newspapers and and then doing interviews with people about 56 and I was just completely in that era I felt I feel at this point like I'm a time traveler so to to be able to just switch off uh, 2020 and 2021 every day and just go into this whole other era has been amazing and I, I really do feel like it's it saved me I had quite a hard yeah. time coming coming out of it um when I handed it all into the publisher and everything I'm like oh my gosh <laughs> what what happens now um because it was just I I honestly feel as though I lived through that trip not as Marilyn but as I like to think of, like, I think that I feel like I maybe I worked at Parkside and um, knew somebody at Pinewood and was married to a journalist. You know, so, uh, mm. I feel like I had all these different strands of, of um, stories. Um, but, yeah, I, I really did lose myself in, in 1956 and it it did become a, a lifesaver for me. And I actually mm. say that in, in the introduction to the book because I feel like I, I lived through it and I hope that through reading it, I hope that people feel that way too. It's, I've got so many questions listening to that. I got very excited listening to that <laughs> because um, um, obviously I'm studying in counselling at the moment, so psychotherapy, you know, mm. and we talk about transcendence, how people need to transcend. And I was thinking about the popularity of these, you know, period dramas and mm. uh, like call the midwife when you go back in time and I, I I know that we used to text each other during COVID and you'll be like right I'm off to 1950 yeah. you know like and it's funny that you do you do end up sometimes I'll be watching a series and then I'm so engrossed in it uh, you know from the past or something that when I come back into back into my house if that makes sense I open my eyes to where I really am I'm like oh especially during COVID is there a point when you was reading these articles about the 50s that you could tell us some of the stories like because when I've read things in the past like I just read about the Savoy the people that um founded the Savoy it's a great book you know the one I told you about it's got Marilyn and I love this book and I, I actually read it in two days um because it but I felt like because I'd been to the Savoy, I felt like when I see it now, I have a different relationship with it because mm-hmm. I feel like I know these people. When I was, re- I, I fell into that world. So, is there like um, when you're going through, like I guess, is there anything in the book? I don't want to ruin it, but is there something that when you, if I say to you now, like the Savoy, by reading about it, is there something that, like you said, it, I could work at Parkside or I visualize myself like that if I said when you go to the Savoy now I just think of this family when I go there now I can't think of it in modern terms is there something that you read at that time that really lived with you that you just thought this is so like a different world does that make sense what I'm saying yeah no yeah um I interviewed one of the um the young men um, who was standing outside of the Savoy when Marilyn waved out of the window, you know, that famous picture when she's waving. Mm-hmm. And so when when you say to me the Savoy, that's what I think of now. I think of of me because when I was um, 
recreating it in the book, I feel as though, you know, I was standing there myself and seeing her reaching out and waving. And I spoke to her publicist who was at the Savoy with her when when that whole um, press conference took place. And yeah, I I think the way that I've written it is is the way that I was experiencing it. Like my my publisher said to me, I'm really glad that you showed and didn't tell. And so and by that he means that instead of saying, you know, Marilyn went to the Savoy and had a press conference, I you know I say she pulled up outside the front and the fans were screaming and I'd like put the the reader inside what was actually happening there. So yeah, when I think of the Savoy, I think of all that. That's all I think about that, you know, wow. Marilyn so arriving. When we, when we read this book, we are really going to have the full experience rather than it's being like a historical document. Mm-hmm. We're going to actually kind of be in the experience. That's what it sounds like. That's, yeah, that's what I hope. That's what I hope that people experience from it, take from it. Um, that's certainly the way I, that I wrote it. And, you, you know, like even things like, when Marilyn went to to meet the Queen, I you know I have I, I talk about her coming out of Parkside and the the car whisking its way down Wick Lane, you know, just so that Ooh. so that you feel that you're there, and um, because I think that's really important. I think it's important to give people a, a location of where things happened so that they can imagine, you know, themselves being there and them, themselves waving her off or whatever. So I. Yeah, I really, I didn't want to write a dry book of facts. I really didn't want to do that. I wanted it to be almost like a movie that's playing in your head. This is going to be a movie. I really this hope is, so. I, I, I'm going to say this here and now. And um, I, I think deep, deep down, you, you must have an inkling. I think without question, I can see this on Netflix as a special film. I can, because no one really makes cinema movies anymore because nobody goes to cinema. So I think like a Netflix, this is going to be a movie and it's a movie that needs to be made. It's the other side of Marilyn without the death, without the Kennedys. Mm. I mean, I just think I can, especially the way you're saying you've written it and um, I just, I, I, I know, I think we'll be sitting here in 10 years time because movies take a lot of time, as you know, yeah. from planning and, and, and we're sitting there and you'll be like JK Rowling sitting in your <laughs> mansion saying, I wrote this book. It took 30 years and 40 years later, it's a film. I truly, truly believe that. Wow. Well, I hope that you're right. I mean, I, it's funny because I, I watched the crown and stuff like that and I go, Oh my gosh, if, if only somebody could do this with, with my book and, you know, I've had in the past, I've had producers contact me about the Thelma Todd book in particular, um, and that's never, ever come to anything. But it would be it would just be the icing on the cake if somebody wanted to do the, the never book. say never, as we know of the book, never say never. Well, These things exactly. come out of the fire, you know, so exactly. I really I, I'm so excited. Like, I cannot tell you how excited I feel like it's going to be Christmas when this book comes out. Go on, sorry. I I feel just so excited about people actually having it in their hands. Like I Mm. can't wait to to open the package when my publisher sends me my first copy. I can't wait to take that out of the package and just hold it. And this sounds ridiculous, but like giving it a hug because (laughs) it's something I've wanted for so long. And then to have people read it, and uh, I, I, I hope that people like it. I mean. Everyone's so excited about it, and I really, really hope that it it lives up to expectations. But I, you know, I can say here and now that I put my heart and soul into this book, and 
I just, I, I, I read it now. Like I've, I mean, I must've read it. I don't even know how many times now, at least a dozen, maybe more, because obviously you have to read it before it goes to the publisher, you know, over and over again. And then the edits come, the, the, the structural edits, all that kind of thing and the proofreading. And then uh, it goes through all kinds of different reads with different people. And at each time you have to read it at the same time. So, but every time I read it, I do feel excited about it. And I do feel that I couldn't have done anything better than, than, than what I've done now. I really do feel that if God forbid, but if I was hit by a bus tomorrow, um, it, it, you know, at least I know that I got that book out there and it, it was, this was the book that I, I was born to write. And I love all of my books, absolutely every single one, but this book is, is the book of my heart. And mm. I, I really hope that it becomes the book of other people's hearts too. I think, I think without doubt it will. Is there any plans for, because some of us struggle to find time to read and I know having a degree at the moment, I've got a load of reading to do. Is there plans for an audio book? Because aud- mm-hmm. Audible um, is a bit of my friend at the moment. Um, is there plans for that or does that come later? Uh, no, yep. The audio rights have, um, have been done and it's being recorded as we speak. Oh, yeah. That's so exciting. Is my, it? my publisher sent me um, some show reels a few weeks ago of of a particular actress that they want to narrate it and she was brilliant and I loved it and I just um I emailed them back straight away and said yeah I definitely want this lady so that's all in production and the rights have sold to the states so whereas it comes out in March in the UK it's going to come out in May in America and it's got a, it's got the same kind of cover but it's a slightly different text which is nice it gives us a a new uh, cover to add to the collection um and now I'm just waiting to to hear if it's going to be sold to any other territories but you know I mean I really really hope that it is but at, at this point I'm thinking even if it doesn't at least I, I got the UK and America yeah. and you know and audio that's that's fantastic and I really really hope that it gets it gets translation rights but um, at least I've got this after 30 years yeah. And you know what, this story, this episode was about you as an author and your your journey. And obviously, we, we, we have to mention this book because that was your journey. But also what's come across to me for anyone listening is what a story of keeping going. What a story of a dream that you had and 30 years later, 30 years, it's a lifetime. <laughs> and here it is. And we're talking about you know, it's going to be an audio book as well. And like you say, your it was something that was your dream and that was to write books, but this particular book. So if anyone's listening to this, and I know this with the personal goals, goals that I've had, and one of them at the moment is to get this degree. That's a personal goal of mine. And it, it may not be my entertainment goals, but this is a personal goal for me that I couldn't do when I was younger. So these personal goals may take years you know, they may make you feel like I cannot do this. I'm never going to do this. But it's such an inspiration to hear you, Michelle, saying, I finally got this dream for this book. And so if anyone's listening to this and you have a dream inside you, don't give up and don't let anyone reject it or tell you you can't do it because Michelle is living proof. What would you have to say about that, Michelle, to advise to anybody, whether they be wannabe authors or anything to not give up? Yeah, I mean, that that is literally the most important thing. And it's also the most the hardest thing. If you're constantly being told that, you know, you you can't do something or 
something's not good enough, then it is very easy to, to just say, oh, well, I can't do it. And But perhaps you need to, to think of it in a different way and say, okay, well, this isn't the time for it to happen. Because certainly if it had happened, if the England book had happened in 91, 92, when I originally wanted it to, to happen, this th- it wouldn't be this book because that was the first book that I wanted to ever do. And I had no experience of writing at all. And the, the, the internet wasn't a thing. And it, it would have just, it, the, the, the book would have been a series of dry facts and that would have been it. I wouldn't have told the story in the way that I've done. So you just need to say to yourself, okay, it hasn't happened now, but there's a reason in the grand scheme of things why it hasn't happened now. And in time, in years, in many, sometimes decades, it will come about that that it, it is the right time now. So just keep going because, it, I mean, it is really, really hard when people reject you. I've been there so many times and I remember having one novel rejected when I was just very young I was only in my 20s and I I just remember just this is ridiculous and dramatic but I just like threw all the papers around the room and just sat in the middle of it like some kind of weird dramatic movie but that's how I felt at that time and I was like I'm never going to do it this is awful I'm never ever going to have a book published and then I just said okay I'll just get up just pick up all the pieces of paper again and send them off again and so you just you just need to do it just if you believe in your and if you believe that that there's nothing else that you want to do then you know my goodness just just carry on it's not harming anybody for you to mm. keep fighting and and I know in my day in my old day job people used to laugh at me when I said I wanted to be a writer and I, I, I remember people saying you'll be the last one out of this place you'll be the one turning out the lights because you've been here so long Ooh. and um, it, I, I used to get really upset by it and I remember you know, I, I had some lovely co-workers, but I also had some quite mean ones um, who who never who never um, hid the fact that they thought that I would amount to absolutely nothing. So the fact that I now have all these books um, out there is like a you know like huh I I did do it. So you know just keep that in front of you if if there's something that you you want to do. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it. I still have people now saying that, you know, the one star review brigade, as I call uh, them, who's yeah. saying, no, this person can't write. I'm like, okay, well, I think my mm. editor knows better than you. So, and I think all my book sales know a little bit better than you. Exactly. Haters, haters are motivators. I love that expression. I didn't invent it, but I still love it. It's, <laughs> it's a, it's a real, it's the only revenge we have. And um, don't get fair, get everything, as they say in the, <laughs> in the, yeah. In the but um, Michelle, I can't thank you enough. And I, I feel so inspired today. I feel quite emotional actually to hear you talk like that um, about coming from, you know, quite mean people in your office to now this book coming out and just it's just so beautiful and it just reminds people I'm not I'm going to say this as a Christian but it applies to anyone who's not it's it's in the right time isn't it I I say it's in God's time if you see roadblocks it's usually because they want you to go a different direction for your own good you just don't see it at the time and 30 years later like you just said if this had happened when I wanted it to happen it wouldn't be the book that that this is and that's such an important lesson in that if you force it and think it's not going to happen trust in the process for people that are not religious trust in the process I trust in God that he knows timings a lot better than I do Mm -hmm. I I, I agree I I always think that too you know if something happens I go well 
what is the big, bigger picture here? Why did that happen? You know, was it to protect me from something bigger that would have happened mm-hmm. had that gone through? Just, you know, does that make sense? Um, yeah. Just, you know, I do, I do um, trust in the universe and um, everything happens when it's meant to. And, you know, just, you just have to keep on going because if, if it's meant to be, it will be The the universe will find Amen. some way <laughs> yeah. of giving it to you. Yes, totally. And those people um, that put you down, they're going to have to watch your success. And that's, that's really fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's quite cool, actually. (laughs) That is fun, isn't it? Let's, let's just be real here. When you when you do get your final dream, and uh, it's like driving past the Ferrari past the house of the bully. Do you know what I mean? It's like, Wow, yeah, but um, hopefully, they I pray for those people that you know that put people down because sometimes it's a lot of their own insecurity, mm-hmm. it's a lot of they they couldn't they 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 would wish they could do that. I always think that about people, they'll try and drag you down because they're scared mm-hmm. that you're you're you'll be a, a set apart from them and it shows up, it shines a light on their them rather than you know it's about them and not about you Absolutely. but I said I, I said I don't want to do a 40 minute episode because <laughs> no one's got time but this was so interesting and so inspiring oh well, I'm glad I'm glad that you found it inspiring I found it inspiring too it inspired me to get out of bed <laughs> <laughs> see listeners I'm telling you the truth we really is this is Saturday morning yeah and we just said look let's do it and we've got to get an episode out and I'm so when I can get your time because I know at the moment you're so busy with all the edits and everything so thank you so much Michelle it means so much because I don't pay my guests partly because I have no money right (laughs) (laughs) but they they come on and they give me their time and it's just like it means so much so thank you so much Michelle because you're so busy and you you are a celebrity now celebrity (laughs) author and to have a celebrity author on my podcast is just especially someone that knows I think you probably know more about Marilyn than she ever knew so (laughs) it's it's amazing oh well I thank you thank you for asking me on it's I, I had a really lovely um time it's just it's been lovely to speak to you and um yeah, I hope that if 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 I've inspired one person, then that then it's everything's worth it. Well, you have inspired one. You've inspired me. Yay. I've got all my reading to do. So I'm like, I can because this essay is driving me crazy, and I'm like, what am I doing? Oh. And now I've, I'm inspired to go, Susie. You know what you're doing. Just don't listen to that little tiny girl inside you that goes, you can't do this, yeah. Susie. I think we all suffer from 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 that little tiny girl inside us. I'm I'm the same. I'm working on edits at the moment, and the first time I read through the document I was like well I can't do any of this I don't understand a single word and then I'm like okay let's just settle down and just believe in ourselves for one minute and of course you can do it once you settle down it's fine yeah did you get the same document as me then because I looked at my document going that's it I can't do this (laughs) absolutely I got my edits well it's for a book that I'm doing for next year and I I, the my editor always sends me like a list of things that she wants doing and I was just reading it through going this makes no sense I can't do it I'm just gonna have to tell them I can't do it and then you you sort of settle yourself down and read it's like an exam paper you know the first time you read through that you go well that's me stuffed and mm. you know once you've read through it again you 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 settle down and understand it so you just as yeah. you as we've been saying you just have to keep going that's it keep swimming yeah keep swimming, keep swimming. 
Oh, thank you, Michelle. This is absolutely brilliant. Thank you, people, for tuning in. People, humans, listeners. Well, listen, it is early. I've just had my first cup of coffee. But thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you again, Michelle. I'm so excited. So please do a little bit of Instagram handles and dates of when the book is out. When we talk about this book, people are going, yes, all right. Well, when can we get it? So can you tell us? Okay, so it's the audio and the ebook and the hardback are all released in uh, March, 3rd of March, 2022 in the UK and in America it will be published I think it's the 3rd of May it's definitely May and um, hopefully there'll be other rights sold too but if anyone wants to follow me on Instagram or Twitter I'm MM Writer Girl so um, I'm quite active I'm more active on Instagram than on any other social media platform so if anybody wants to keep in touch or keep up to date with the Marilyn book or or any of my other work then that's where they can find me and can we pre-order the book can that be pre-ordered on I don't like to promote Amazon but is there any other place we can um, order the book yeah it's it's called when Marilyn met the queen and it can be pre-ordered all over it wherever good books are sold you can pre-order that book Brilliant. Oh, I cannot wait. I'm so excited. Right. I'm going to go and escape into the 1950s for a little while. Watch a bit of uh, Call the Midwife before I start all this reading. <laughs> I think I need to escape from because we've got this other threat, haven't we, of COVID? We've got another variant. Nah, well, yeah. But hopefully we have the Internet so we can still listen to our podcast and read books. And that's the that's the beauty. Exactly. Switch off the news. That's always my advice. Switch oh, off the news advice. and just dive into your books. Exactly. Take care, Michelle. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You take lots of love. Love God bless. Bye. Bye. Wasn't that an amazing episode? It's so inspirational to talk to somebody who has a story that, you know, I love testimonies and that is an incredible testimony for anybody that if you're listening to this this week, this week, and you're just feeling a little bit battered and bruised and, you know, thinking, "Mm, I'm never going to be where I want to be please take heart in Michelle's story because 30 years to get her dream book the one that was closest to her heart as she said I love all my books but this was so important so I hope she inspired you today I know she inspired me um sometimes you just need reminding that you know if you've got something you've got a goal just hold on and hopefully it will come true and it sometimes it takes time hers took 30 years a lifetime but here she is and it was the right time so thank you again for tuning in thank you scott fortner he gave me a little donation and uh, that helped me out just to pay a bit of the hosting for the year so thank you scott fortner from the marilyn monroe collection and thank you you for listening um, it means such a lot that we inspire each other with hope and and just life lessons. And they're all based around Marilyn Monroe's life and putting it out there, what an amazing, inspiring woman she really was and the truth behind her and how she's inspired lives like Michelle's life and your lives listening. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be listening. So thank you so much for listening. And I can't wait for the next episode. I promise it won't take that long next time. Um, but God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful week. Keep inspired and uh, see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening.